Well, good morning. It's uh, Victor Adair, and I'm sitting in for Michael Campbell this week. Uh, Mike will be back next week, and, of course, next week we'll be broadcasting live from the Bayshore Hotel here in Vancouver, the World Outlook Conference. Um, it's, I mean, it's such a great time to come in and do this show. There's been so much volatility, so much drama in the markets just this month. I mean, we all know the price of crude oil was down. WTI uh, was down to $26 at one point this week, a 13-year low, and then bounced back all, all the way to $32 by Friday's close. All around the world, uh, stock markets have also been like on a, a roller coaster, not only a price roller coaster, but an emotional roller coaster. You know, the Dow uh, Jones at one point this week, it was Wednesday or so, was down about 550 points, you know, looking like maybe going a lot lower. And then we, we had a big bounce back again into the, fr- the close on Friday. And the currency markets, we all pay attention to the Canadian dollar, dropped down to 68 cents this week. That's a 13-year low on the Canada and then by Friday, we we're back almost to 71 cents here, this bounce back. Other currencies, by the way, I should point out, you think the Canadian dollar's been hammered. You look at the Russian ruble, the South African rand, the Mexican peso, all these currencies and others around the world have fallen to all-time lows against the U.S. dollar. You know, I've been trading in financial markets here for a, a long time, and one of my favorite sayings about the markets is that risk happens fast. I have to tell you the environment that we've been in here the past week or so, you could modify that to saying fear happens fast. Markets definitely were fearful. They were very emotional. And, you know, I think the question on everybody's mind is, you know, is this dive that we've had here going further or do we make an important low this week and, you know, we're going to Go back to normal, whatever that is. Um, so in line with that, okay, we've got a great lineup of guests for the show here this morning to talk about what they see in the market, maybe give you some perspective uh, on the the dramatic price action, maybe help you make sense of it all. And uh, certainly I know with a couple of guys going to talk about some of the opportunities that they see here given the, uh, the moves we have in the market. Okay, first up, just after we take a commercial break here, we'll have Michael Levy on with his top three stories of the week. Uh, then we're going to check in with Neil MacGyver, a local money manager here from Vancouver. And Mike, uh, pardon me, Neil is going to be giving us his version of Mike's big fat investment idea. Talked to Neil yesterday. I think he's got a great idea for you. Then our feature guest that will start at the top of the hour and go to the the, the for that about the half-hour segment, Dr. James Thorne. He's a portfolio manager from Caldwell Investment in Toronto. I talked to Jim yesterday. I tell you, he and I could have stayed on the phone for a couple of hours. We're like, uh, I never met the man before, but I'll tell you, we, we really had some uh, some thoughts in common. He's uh, He's got a list of like his 10 investment themes for what he sees this year going ahead. We'll probably get to maybe at best half a dozen of those. Really looking forward to talking to Jim. Uh, Ozzy Jerk. Ozzy sent me an email yesterday just to give me some idea about some of the things we could talk about on the show today. I'll give you three points. He sees the Calgary real estate market foreclosures are rising in a way, no surprise, given what's happening in the oil patch, but we'll get Aussie's take on that. On the other side of the coin, Whistler prices going up as foreign buying is coming into the market. And then the zinger. And, you know, Ozzy is such a uh, an optimistic, upbeat guy. He, it seems like he's almost always bullish on real estate because of that optimism. But Oz, the Oz himself, is actually worried 
about some of the some of the aspects of the Vancouver real estate market. Thinks prices are maybe getting ahead of themselves. And for the last part of the show, that that what's usually the trading desk where I come on, I'm going to have my son Drew Zimmerman join me, and we're going to show you what is the sort of thing that we talk about every day when we put our heads together over the phone about what we're looking for in the markets. So we got a great lineup of speakers. We'll take a quick commercial break in just a moment, but first I need to tell you that Money Talks is brought to you by Solera Club. Solera Club is a royalty-based investment, which means that you get paid first. There are no fees attached to it, and it is in the tech field. So, so go, go to soleraclub.com for more information. We'll be right back after the break here with Michael Levy. You're listening to Money Talks all across the Chorus Radio Network. Back, everybody. Victor Adair filling in for Michael Campbell this morning, and I do believe I have Michael Levy on the line. I sure hope I do. Mike, are you there? Michael. Good morning, Victor. Oh, there you are. <laughs> you're like to sound like you're a long way away. Michael, <laughs> you've got uh, three stories for us this morning. What's your story number three? Well, number three, I think, is a big, big story. It's Post Media merges newsrooms and cuts 90 jobs in response to financial woes. Post Media is the company that owns the National Post, uh, Calgary Herald, Edmonton Journal, Ottawa Citizen, The Sun, and the province here in Vancouver on the Lower Mainland. And the country's largest newspaper chain is merging once competing newsrooms and cutting about 90 staff as it tries to cope with declining revenue and a heavy debt load. This is the same company that last April merged with the, well, actually bought the Sun newspaper group for $316 million, and that was an unprecedented consolidation. So uh, the formula of having too much debt and not enough revenue is, uh, is a formula for disaster in almost any business. What's going on? Well, they're struggling with more than $670 million in debt, Victor, and they're paying interest rates on that of anywhere between about 8 and 12%. And this uh, purchase that they made is not going in the direction that they thought that it would. Uh, they are losing ad revenue. They are losing money. And um, they recently increased their uh, 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 target for cutting costs from $50 million to $80 million by 2017. And, Victor, let me just add that I think that this newspaper group is doomed. This is my take on it, but they are just not getting there with their digital conversion. Their ad revenue is falling, and uh, I, for one, think that unless they can find a new avenue, A, to restructure their debt, or secondly, to uh, increase revenues, that they're going to have a heck of a time going forward. So it's, in a way, it's a bit of a case of uh, old technology having a tough time dealing with in the new technology world. Absolutely, Victor. Michael, uh, idea, pardon me, uh, story number two. Number two, I just thought this was a great story because I think that if you've been watching the news lately, you've heard of $8 cauliflowers in Canada, and basically this comes out of the New York Times. In Canada, the $8 cauliflower shows the pain of falling oil prices, and it's the cost of just about everything that we import, particularly from the U.S., has gone up in price, Victor, but uh, particularly cauliflowers in the... Uh, 
lower mainland of Vancouver area, and I guess now across the country, because uh, in this New York Times article, they're talking about cauliflower in New York or, or in Toronto also, trading at eight, trading, selling at $8 a head. And, and here I was <laughs> worried about currency markets, and it's cauliflower that I should be paying attention to. But I understand, though, it's not just about the the falling oil price, you know, hurting the Canadian dollar. There, there's a water aspect to the cauliflower story too. Well, there, there is. There's. Uh, uh, I mean, first of all, I love this comparison. Five heads of cauliflower midweek this past week was more expensive than a barrel of oil or 42 U.S. gallons of oil. Now think of that. Think of having five cauliflowers in front of you, just on a counter or a table, and then 43 U.S. gallons of oil. That tells you uh, a lot, number one, about the oil price, but also about the inflation in Canada in food prices. And let me just give you a couple more examples of this year, last year. Iceberg lettuce sells for $3, uh, up from $0.90 last year, ahead of broccoli, Four dollars compared with a buck and a half for two heads in the past year, and last winter a head of cauliflower was selling for two dollars and a half Canadian. It's certainly showing how we are impacted in Canada by the falling loony and also a bit of the drought, as you said, the water shortage uh, in California particularly has hiked the price of vegetables and fruit, but not to the amount, Victor, that the falling dollar has impacted it. Michael, I got to tell you, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to be on air here for another hour with some guests, and I'm I'm going to have a problem getting that picture of eight heads of cauliflower out of my mind. Um, <laughs> let, let's go to. And I see that your top story is kind of related, but uh, tell us about it. The uh, well, the real estate I market. It, I think it's so important. And, and uh, I believe that this is going to resonate with listeners. They're just going to shake their head and say, we knew that, but not to this extent. A German billionaire, a fellow by the name of Klaus Michael Kuhn, uh, is buying Vancouver's coveted Royal Center office tower. That's on the corner of Georgia on Burrard for $425 million Canadian. And, Victor, Canada's on sale. There's no shortage of offshore buyers, both from overseas, including Europe and Asia, along with the U.S. And, Victor, this guy, uh, Klaus Michael Kuhn, is worth about U.S. $10.6 billion. But the interesting part of this story, he's buying commercial property. That's happening across the country. But we all know that there are buyers coming in from overseas and offshore that are buying residential property also because Canada is on sale. Yeah, I know we're, when we get to the real estate segment a little later, we're going to talk to Ozzy, and, uh, and he sees particularly Whistler, you know, which is a world-class ski resort. People from all over the world come here, and with the Canadian dollar on sale, it is they're, they're buying residential property up there. But that's, uh, that's interesting because another aspect of Ozzy's talk later here, I know he's worried about some aspects of the Vancouver real estate market as being overvalued, or, or at least it's hard if you pay that much money for the property, it's it's hard to get your money back, and yet to foreigners, Canada looks like a steal. Well, and that that it is, uh, and you know there is a money manager, or actually uh, he manages about seventeen billion dollars in real estate, and he says the reasons that they are coming offshore to Canada are very simple. And again, our listeners are going to know these, know this, and it will resonate. Foreign capital is now trying to take advantage of the currencies. 
Why do foreign investors like Canada, he asks? Because it's a safe haven, it's better than the stock market, and it's a currency play. Canada is just plain cheap, Victor. And again, it's not just commercial properties, but also residential. As people who live in the lower mainland will tell you. So uh, I'm going to be very interested to hear what Ozzy has to say regarding the uh, uh, Vancouver or the real estate market of the lower mainland. But certainly it has attracted buyers from all over the world. As I was saying, Michael, in the in my little intro here, the market was fearful this past week, and uh, I've traded currencies for over 40 years, and I know that one of the things that drives capital to leave one country and go to another is fear, and uh, Canada, relative to other places in the world, looks awfully safe. Mike, there I can hear they're playing the music in the background. I guess we've gone uh, at least to, to our time. Thanks very much for being with us, and uh, Michael will be back next week, and you can talk with him. Have a good week, Victor. Thanks, Michael. Okay, we're listening to Money Talks all across the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be right back with Neil MacGyver. Well, it's uh, time to get to Mike's big, fat investment idea. And uh, to do that, we've got Neil MacGyver of MacGyver Capital Management at Richardson GMP here in Vancouver. Neil, good morning. Good morning, Victor, and good to be here. I hope Michael recovers quickly. (laughs) So do I. Well, Michael, will be back, and you'll be broadcasting live from the World Outlook Conference next week. And uh, I know you will be there. I'll be there. Listen, we've got uh, lots to cover here, so let me uh, fire the questions at you. Uh, It's a big, fat investment idea. So what is your specific idea? Well, the specific idea is, as you know, we at McIver Capital Management are firm believers that success in investing is about moving the ball methodically down the field and not necessarily throwing the long ball or the Hail Mary. And one of the best ways to accomplish that is by owning two securities which have a low correlation to each other, meaning that they will not move, Victor, in the same direction at the same time, but yet they're both solid investments over a period of time. So our big fat idea is to buy two negatively correlated positions at once, J.P. Morgan Chase in the U.S. and Barrick Gold here in Canada. Okay, and uh, why would you do that? Well, we like both of them uh, at their current price, and uh, we like both for different reasons. Um, As I mentioned, these positions have very little correlation to each other, uh, meaning that they'll not react together over any short period of time with the same economic inputs. Um, And as you know, I mean, there's been a tremendous amount of market turmoil over the last little while, and so it's a good way to, to mitigate that turmoil as well as get some U.S. exposure. Now, J.P. Morgan's fallen some 20% or so, uh, and that's really based on uh, just, just purely market weakness, and it's very cheap here at nine times earnings. It's a long, its long-term technical chart remains upward and unbroken, um, and I think it's an opportunity. If you've got little uh, in the way of U.S. exposure now to own U.S. dollar-denominated positions with growing earnings and good upside uh, potential, and I think it's reasonable to expect that J.P will return to its uh, previous price more than 20% above where it is now, plus you get the uh, 3% dividend kicker uh, along the way. Now, Barrick, uh, it's the world's largest gold producer, uh, and gold acts like an excellent hedge against uh, a number of different events, such as further market turmoil, uh, even terrorist uh, attacks, and, 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 the, and the specter of inflation. 
Um, but And it's also one of the lowest cost producers too, Victor. And it's fallen 77% from where it was just over uh, three years ago. So we like that not only over the short term, but also over the, the longer term. And, and just like JP, I, I think a, a 20% recovery from these prices is not unlikely. And nobody goes broke, Victor, as you know, making 20%. No, that's good. And, and I, I like the idea that in, in a way it's diversification and you're buying two un, unrelated uh, stocks that are at, at a discount from where they were before. And your idea is that uh, while one may be going up, the other is standing still and, and vice versa. So uh, how do people go about putting on this trade then? Well, really, you can you can buy this through any investment dealer in the country, uh, provided they have access to U.S. individual stocks. And most of them do, in my experience. So they're pretty easy to buy. Um, the uh, symbol for uh, Barrick Gold is ABX. And the symbol for uh, JP Morgan in the U.S. is JPM. Uh, so the two positions are fairly uh, easy to buy. And the idea, of course, is to buy both of them at the same time. Neil, I sh- should probably have asked you this first, but um, <laughs> we're all, we're always very careful here to say sometimes it's a it's a very speculative trade, other times it's a widows and orphans trade. For for this kind of a trade, buying JPM and uh, American Bank at the same time, what's the profile? Who who's this appropriate for? It's a, it's a very good question. It, you know, individual stocks aren't for for anybody. You really have to have some experience with them and understand the volatility that individual positions can uh, can add to your appro- uh, to, to your, your portfolio. Uh, but I think it's, it's appropriate for absolutely any conservative growth investor who has experience with individual stocks. But once again, I'll caution, you want to own both and not just one so that you can benefit from the inherent negative correlation. And keep in mind, we like both of them over the next year and over the next couple of years. Um, but, uh, uh, and just because, you know, they're negatively correlated to each other doesn't necessarily mean one's going to go down while the other one's going up. It just means that they're not going to react, uh, like a couple of dolphins, uh, moving up and down in the, uh, uh, at the exact same time. So you like them both, but you like them together better. Uh, one last question. And you just said maybe a couple of years. I mean, you're not looking to buy these things and flip them out next week. No, absolutely not. These are not short-term trades. I think JPM uh, or, or JP Morgan would uh, should likely be owned for the balance of 2016 uh, and perhaps longer. And Barrick Gold, um, you can probably hold for several years. I mean, it's certainly a beaten-up uh, sector. It's an out-of-favor sector, um, and uh, it's repairing its balance sheet. Uh, so that's going to take a couple of years. Uh, I think you're going to get a decent bump on it right now. Uh, but you can own that for several years as an excellent hedge generally in your portfolio. Neil, thank you very much. You can hear the music. We've got to go. We're going to come back after the break with James Thorpe uh, from the uh, James Thorne, I should say. And uh, Neil, you'll be at the World Outlook Conference. I'll be there. See you then. See you then. Thanks, Victor. Bye bye.